I'm there. There we go. Wow. Oh. Hey, just in case, because I never want to take things for granted. Was that not awesome today, the worship team? Casey, thank you, brother. But just so you know, on the base was Brandon. Brandon, get a hold of him. Don't let him leave church today. Find out he's in a group, and they sing throughout the summer, and Sandy and I have gone. It is so fun. And uh, find out where they're playing. I think. Do you have an itinerary put together for the summer yet, Brandon? Yes, but I... Didn't bring it with you. It's not, okay, so check his Facebook page, but anyway, check that out, because you will be, it's a lot of fun, and uh, you will be blessed. And uh, Leah, thank you on the keyboard there. She's going to be doing her student teaching uh, here in, the, in Prescott uh, Valley, and we're trying to work all that out for her, but she'll be at, hopefully at Prescott, uh, at Bradshaw Mountain High School which happened to be one of our sons, our tribal high schools when they were in school. But it's, it is what it is. But anyway, hey, it's Natalia, Emily, thank you, and Jim on the drums. Such, such a blessing to have them. And uh, we are a blessed church. Hey, today, uh, before I begin, I want you to know something. Last Sunday, Josh White brought the message. You too, I love you. So good to have you back. Just, just saying. Uh, but anyway, he brought the message. If you were here, you were greatly blessed. Today, I'm going to present the message and give that message that God gave to me to you. But next Sunday, Josh White is going to be coming back. So the way I look at it is Josh is the bread, I'm the meat. <laughs> just say it. <laughs> Josh, I know you're going to watch this out there, so, you know, just, just wanted you to remind, not that I'm humble, because I'm not, <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, we are a blessed church, and uh, when I was pastoring, boy, I would have given anything to have the men and women that we have in this church that just bless us beyond measure. So, today... My message that God just laid upon my heart actually came from Will's last message that he gave, and he had used a passage of scripture out of Galatians chapter 1, but I call my message, this is the message God gave me, it's called the Great Rescue. Now, if you're one who likes to take notes, you know, I want to encourage you to do that, but you're not going to have a lot of notes because I'm going to focus out of Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 through 12. So if you do have your Bibles with you, you want to turn to Galatians chapter 1. And I'm going to be uh, sharing that scripture with you right now. Uh, But Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. This is Paul. Paul, an apostle sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gives himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. I'll come back to that in a few minutes. And are turning to a different gospel, which is no longer a gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And I am now trying to win, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. The great rescue, knowing God's children. What really, really led me to the scripture when Will was sharing last, a couple of Sundays ago, when he was talking about this, I was just fixated for some reason on Galatians chapter 1, and I came to this point where knowing God's children, and this is what Paul says. He says, Paul, an apostle sent from, not from men, but, and not by men, but from Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, what really hit me about this particular passage of Scripture came in three points that God just kind of gave me. The first one was Paul's calling. You know, when I was a young man, not too long ago, in college and Christ became the Lord of my life, I spent that first summer away from all my friends from high school, away from all my friends from college. I went to this little town in California called Petaluma. Some of you know where that is, North San Francisco. And I worked with a little church there. And the pastor, no sooner did I get there, when the pastor said, hey, Randy, I'm going to go on a mission trip down to Mexico. The church is yours for the next month. Now, I'm a brand new Christian. I'm, I'm May 7th, 1971, and this is like June the 10th, 1971. So a little over a month since I invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. A matter of fact, that pastor baptized me in Gurneyville, if any of you know that place, in the Russian River, just off the bridge there. And uh, my life just like really was going through a lot of changes. But this is the first time in my life where I truly got that first calling about possibly going into full-time ministry. 
And I just was engrossing myself in reading God's word. I, I just, a lot of things were going on in my life, but Paul really stood out because Paul becomes my mentor in the word. It's through his leading and guiding and my understanding about his own calling that my life began to change. And the first thing you need to know is Paul's calling. Paul is not called by men. He's not called by a man. But rather his calling comes from God. God speaking to him. I remember on the evening that I invited Jesus Christ into my life, on May 7th, 1971, I was at a spring spiritual life retreat at the college where I was going. Man, all of a sudden I heard the words. These were, and I've never forgotten them. Randy, trust me, and I will lead you. And the next thing I do, I was I was kneeling in front up there, and the president at the college where I was at, Joe Gilliam, President Gilliam, was there praying with me. Now there's a story behind that, I won't get into it, but Right from the beginning, my call didn't come from some person. But I always felt, and have always felt this way, that it, like Paul, it came through a revelation. It came through the word of God speaking to my heart. We here in this sanctuary together, please know what I'm about to tell you, because I don't think it will be a surprise to you but it will be a revelation to you. God speaks to you. You know it, and I know it. We might be sitting down just, I don't know, reading a book or something, and we start talking to ourselves. And all of a sudden, it might be God leads us to a scripture, or he leads us to a place, or he leads us to say something. And we say, God, you really want me to do that? And we're talking to him before we know it. And that was done purposefully because God calls and talks to each and every one of us. It might be a revelation. It might be a calling for full-time ministry. It might be calling to be a youth worker or a music minister or, or just worshiping in the church or whatever God leads you. It's him. It's not done, if, if it's done by man, it's the wrong thing. If it's done by man, it's, it's the wrong thing. Paul's calling came from God. Secondly, the message. The message, and, and this you really got to understand here, the message comes through that revelation. So out of Galatians chapter 1, in a few moments, you're going to hear the word grace. And it is important for each and every one of us to know and always understand you have done absolutely nothing in order to come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't do it. You can't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You can't buy it. It's by God's grace. So the message that Paul here is talking about is a very simple message when he talks about remembering when you came to Christ, you came to Christ through the message. And what was that message? Through the free gift of Jesus Christ who died on the cross 
for your sins and mine. And, and I heard this particular example given, and I'm sure you have too. If, if you had a book, and in this book, this happens to be my Bible, but in this book were all the things that you should have done but you didn't do in relation to God's goodness, all of the mistakes that you made, all the sins that you did, when Jesus Christ, this is the first you guys and girls, this is the first thing that Paul talks about. Don't ever forget this. When you came to Jesus Christ, all of those sins, all of those things that you should have done that you didn't do correctly, or the mistakes that you made, or the anger that you had towards your kids or your spouse or whatever, all of the things that you didn't do, when Jesus Christ became the Lord of your life, he forgot them. We didn't win. Jesus, I, I, I did all these things. And, and he's looking at you and he's saying, what? Did You did what? He forgot. He's forgiven us of them. We struggle with that. Somebody does something wrong to us. Okay, we can forgive them, but it is tough to forget. But Christ has the ability to do something, to, to forget all things. Know this. The message is the grace of Jesus Christ. Please always remember that. That is the first and foremost message that Paul wants you and I to remember forever and ever and ever. Okay? You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It was a free gift. Third was the reward. If you look at that passage of Scripture, at the end of that fifth verse, it talks about forever and ever. That the gift that comes through the grace of Jesus Christ is the fact that you and I get to live with him eternally in heaven. I know we mess up sometimes and we say, oh Lord, am I doing the right thing? You'll never forget. No. He forgives you. Somebody once said to me, well, you know, once saved, always saved. And I say to you this, yes, if you came to that saving relationship with Jesus Christ, are you going to struggle in your life? Yes. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Paul himself said, why is it that I do the things I know I shouldn't do and struggle with doing the things I know I should do? Paul struggled with that. And if he struggled with it, and Jesus spoke about it, look at, look at Peter. Come on, you guys. I didn't know him. Who are you talking about? I have nothing to, you know. But because of his great forgiveness, we can live daily in the love of Jesus Christ. Secondly, Directing God's children. I want to read this passage to you. It's from Galatians chapter 1, starting with verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who, who called you to live in grace. Remember, calling you to live in grace. Not thinking about what you need to do or what, you, you know, making that little checklist of things that you know you need to do right for him. No, we live in grace. 
of Christ and are turning to a, and why are you turning to a different gospel? Which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. I'll make a, a statement of that in a second. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you in the beginning, let them be under God's curse, as we have already said. Now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than that which you received, let them be under God's curse. Can we go back just uh, uh, to that uh, one before this? Directing God's children. You guys, girls, believe me, the world is doing its best to mess you up. It's doing the best it can to mess with your mind, to mess and, and confuse you. The other day, I don't know if my wife remembers this. We went to Denny's restaurant and we were walking. I meant to say something to you, Sandy, and I kind of forgot like most guys do. We were going into Denny's restaurant and there was this young, uh, a younger lady uh, sitting on the bench talking to an older lady. And here's what she said. She, she said it, something like this. I thought that when you became a Christian, you were to have a new life. It was in the form of a question. Now, have you ever, ever seen that commercial with Flo, the you know, the car commercial, you know, they're sitting on the beach. Hey, we're going to take a little vacation. No work today. And then all of a sudden you hear in the background, somebody, well, I wish I could bundle my trailer with my boat and my house, you know, and, she, and Flo sitting there, Finally, she jumped up. Yes, there is something, you know. And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. The world out there is trying to mess with your mind. They're trying, to, they're trying their best to confuse you. Paul knew that. Okay, go, if you would, go to, yeah. So number one, Paul is saying to us, never forget that which you came in the very beginning when you invited Christ to be the Savior of your life. Don't ever forget that feeling. Don't ever put it aside. Always stamp it on your heart and your mind. Remember Jesus, I, or John was writing in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. If you open that door, I will come in. This is it. If you invited Jesus Christ, sincerely, truthfully invited Christ into your life, he's right there. He lives within you. And I don't ever, ever want you to forget that. And then Paul talks about you know, what I call the always leading. Because in life, people will do their best to lead you. They will do their best to lead you. Have I been influenced by men and women in my lifetime? You better believe it. Some good, some not good. Some reasoning really well, some not reasoning as well. But always remember the message in which Jesus Christ made true to you in your life, and that is you could do nothing 
Say nothing. Prepare your heart in such a way because I'm going to die on this cross for you freely. And through that grace, not by works, but by grace, we are saved. And he, Paul just drills that. If, if you read the letters of Paul, well, in, in Scripture itself, Christ is leading us, guiding us, directing us. The Word is the revelation of God himself. Now, how do people try to confuse us? Here it is. We are, through the commandment that Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. First and foremost, please know this. I love everybody in the world. I, ha- I mean, I-, I just have to love them but I don't have to agree with them. I'm going to love you, but I don't have to agree with you. I don't need to argue with you. I don't need to carry on some kind of conversation that debates it. I love you. And simply put, I may not agree with what you teach or believe, but I love you. That's a given. We are, we are told to do that. But be very, very careful that you do not accept a, a gospel that isn't really a gospel at all that is contrary to the grace of Jesus Christ. I could get into a bunch of stuff here. But simply put, the world astoundingly, even before social media, was always there to confound you. Has it become worse than what it used to be? Probably. But then again, we're told in Scripture that those days are going to get worse. That we are going to be pressured to follow contrary to what Christ would want us to follow, the straight and narrow path. One of the greatest books I've ever read, and I've shared this with you before, is a book called Pilgrim's Progress. If you don't want to read the book, you can go on YouTube now and you can watch different videos of it and stuff, but that book so impacted me because I got the burden taken off, but on my journey to the celestial city, I still mess up, and brother have I. But thank God, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He directs our paths. I may have to come back a little bit to correct myself, but he never, ever leaves me. And we struggle with it because people look at you and say, oh, where's God in your life now? That's a, you know, that, that's a question saying, assuming the fact that he's no longer in your life, when the reality of it is he is in your life. That still, small voice never goes away. So Paul says, know the message. And the message is simple. I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. His grace. Let's go to that third part. Rescuing God's children. If you, if you remember, I, I chose the great rescue as my title. The great rescue. Because the reality of it is that we were once dead to sin, but now we are alive in Christ. I am now trying to, it says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Before we go to the next slide, you guys, you'll never please people. Just saying. Sorry, ain't never going to happen. You might make me smile once in a while. You might seem to please them for a little while or that. But guess what? You'll never, it's, it doesn't work. Work hard at trying to do it, but know that you cannot please all people or even one person. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. A servant heart, a servant attitude, and a rescuing spirit. Here's what I guess I'm trying to say. I could get up, or Pastor Will could get up, or Joshua could get up, whoever. Sunday after Sunday, you hear the message of the Word of God, which blesses me tremendously. But the reality of it is, is like, Martin Luther shared that we need to know God's word because the Spirit of God, through that word, speaks to us individually. If I'm somewhere and God presents an opportunity to share Christ, man, I want to share Christ with that person. But if I were called by human people... I would do my best to try to help that person as much as I could, which I really do want to do. But how often do you think I would fail? Because the reality is when God presents an opportunity to share his love and grace, do it. But leave the results up to God. God has to speak to you and to me individually. Listen to that still, small voice. Next time it happens, and you're just like sitting there, whatever you're doing, and all of a sudden you're having this conversation with yourself, which we all do, and all of a sudden it's like God pipes in and just says a word. Know that he is always there with a servant heart, servant attitude, and a rescuing spirit. And I want to finish with this. And, and Will, if you watch this, this is my brother, an encouragement to you. Being called of God 
is a very, very complicated calling because most people don't understand it because they don't have that particular calling. But when you're called to God, number one, you have a servant heart. Paul, all, even though, think about it, Galatia is not a city, it's a, it's a province in Turkey. And there were probably many small churches. What really blows my mind is Paul kept in touch with them all. Probably through people who traveled through them, but he always, how, how are they doing in Thessalonica? How are they doing in Pamphylia? How are they, you know, he knew them. He had that servant heart. And to be a pastor, to work amongst the people whom God has placed in front of you is to have a servant heart. When Casey was asked if he would help with the music or if it be Ross or whoever, that you, you, if you don't have a servant heart attitude, you'll get frustrated. You'll be disappointed. And it's tough. God's calling upon Paul's life. Think about it. Think about his life and, and where God took him and you know, the beatings that he went through. I, I mean, just physically, not talking about the emotional. Were there people that he knew who came, that maybe he shared the gospel that came to Christ, but they fell away because they never really received it to begin with? Besides having a servant heart, he had a servant attitude. And that is, no matter what you say, I always want to be an individual who will be willing to serve and not put boundaries upon, well, if you do this, 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 and this, I'll serve you. Because once you go down that road, you'll be disappointed. So Paul shares that servant attitude. And lastly, the rescuing spirit. And I'm going to close with this. The rescuing spirit is this, my brothers and sisters, is that Paul never gives up. Paul never gives up. As a high school instructor and coach, in, in teaching my athletes to run, One of the things, and this just came up the other day, one of the things that my athletes always did that just bugged the heck out of me is if they're running the 100-meter dash and that's the finish line, just before they get to the finish line, what do they do? They let up. They don't run through the finish. And Paul says it's not he who starts the race, but he who finishes the race. Each one of us in this sanctuary has an adventure. They're all different. Husbands, wives, you share, even though you have a lot in commonality because you've been together, you have your own adventure. When I watch my wife and and her involvement in different prayer Bible studies, and she does a prison ministry thing, and she's, you know, I see the adventure in her life. 
And I don't share those same adventures. But that doesn't mean that we don't have commonality in Jesus Christ. A rescuing spirit, the great rescue. Come back to the message that you heard in the very, very beginning. My father once said to me, and you probably have heard it too, keep it simple, stupid. The message of Jesus Christ is very simple. He loves us so much that he gave his life on the cross for you and me that we might live free and live with him in eternity. My birthday was just a few days ago. And it was, I never even shared with Sandy that much, though she knew but a really, really good friend in Christ passed away on my, the morning of my birthday. We ministered together in California in Sacramento, a little church called Northridge. Worked with the youth there. I, I was, it was my second summer ministry after getting saved. And uh, he was in the Air Force. And he was a new... Even though his father was a pastor, he had just reignited his life for Christ. We ended up later in life in seminary together. He was a year ahead of me. He went to a church in Ohio. Randy called me up one day. Randy, can you come work with the kids? So I would drive over on like Fridays and, you know, Sandy was working. So she wasn't. Wednesdays I went with a friend, but we'd go over on the weekends and then after going on the mission field to Japan and home missions to Hawaii, their church called us to come and work with them full time. And we did. And it was so fun. But this, this individual, he and I are just not super close because we live so many miles away, but we were very, very close. Saw him a few years ago at the 100th anniversary of the church where we pastored together. Sandy and I went back to Tennessee and we connected with him again. But he passed away suddenly. And it's like a, a hole develops, but I keep reminding myself, and God keeps telling me, Randy, you'll get to be together again. It's the rescuing spirit that comes through the message of Jesus Christ. Casey, would you and the group come? As the group comes forward, there's an individual that I've come kind of close to in my time here. You know him, Tim. He just had surgery. And uh, Tim and I play golf together. And whenever we play golf together, we just, we're, we're just two gabbing men. <laughs> I don't. But he just came through surgery. He's on recovery. He had knee surgery. His wife, Jamie, is going to be having knee surgery. I just feel led to lift them up. And then, as you know, um, help me out, Dennis and Karen's uh, son, you guys, if you're on, there's a lot going on in life, our church. 
So as I close in prayer, you know I want you always to never forget that rescuing, the great rescue that comes through Jesus Christ. But I also want you to know the hand of God extends far beyond us. But God loves the prayers of his kids. So let's stand together and let's, let's just lift up Tim and Karen and Dennis, Jamie. Father, thank you, Lord, for blessing us with your word. Thank you for Paul and the examples that he gives us. Be with our pastor. Lord, just refresh him and his wife. And Father, be with Tim. Just in the name of Jesus, continue to heal him, Lord. I want him back on the golf course. That's selfish of me, but Lord, I really do want him to be healed in Jesus' name. For Jamie, who's going to be going through some knee surgery, for Karen and Dennis and the loss of their son. Father, that is never easy. And for those of us here who have experienced that, we all can just so know that. Father, there are so many in our church that physically need you. You're the Lord and Savior of their lives. And to me, that's the road to healing because it's forever and ever. So Jesus, as we close this service, just refresh our minds with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Through his grace, we are saved. In Jesus' name, amen.